It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi. Welcome to Black Ticulate, a podcast series featuring UK young black professionals, where we find out how they do what they do, so you can too. Or not. After all, it is your life. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. As always, I really appreciate you guys joining us, because you could be doing anything in the world. So hopefully this episode is of value to you. And if it's not, we always, always, always value feedback. So please do get in touch. But before I tell you about today's guest and this episode, there's just a quick announcement we would like to make. Black Ticulate will be joining the first ever People of Colour podcast festival, which will be going on on August the 5th in Russell Square, which is in London. We now believe there's a discount for the price of the ticket, so please do check that out. It's at solivefestival.com. And also, we believe if you're under 18, you'll get to go for free, which is amazing. So even if you yourself can't go and you know someone who's young, who may benefit from being part or just being amongst podcasters, aspiring podcasters, and people of colour that are just really raising the bar, then please send them off to the shoutoutlivefestival.com website. Now, today's guest, he's awesome. His name is Lysimba Pink. And Lysimba Pink is an entrepreneur who's had many businesses start and fail. And within that, he's got so much learning, so much teachings. And his current venture is he's got a brand called Diversity all-star podcast and Lysimba Pink really just gives us a thorough overview of how he got to this stage what tools he uses how he books talent how he processes his podcast and just how he's trying to raise the tide of black excellence which he is slowly but surely doing so without further ado we bring to you Lysimba Pink So guys, once again, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. For those of you who don't know who we are, then <sighs> I must be slipping. <laughs> but no, if you don't know who we are, we are a podcast series that features UK young black professionals, where we try to find out how they do what they do so you can too. 
and our guests are always phenomenal, right, Lissimba? Yes, yeah, 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 indeed. So the voice you guys are hearing is Lissimba. Lissimba, you know how I do, because I think, I hope you're a fan. <laughs> I am indeed. Likewise, I'm a fan of yours, but for those who don't know who you are, hit us, and then we'll roll from there. Sure, um, so my name is Lissimba Pink. Um, I'm is that actually your surname, Pink? Yeah, Because yeah, I always yeah. wondered about, is it? God, yeah, okay. it's, my, it's my real surname. Um, Where's that from? You know, I don't actually know the full history. From what I've been told or uh, what I understand from my family, uh, it's a slave surname, um, but I don't exactly know the full origins. Um, I know my uncle's done some research into it, so I guess I should learn a bit more. That's no, all good, man. If uh, the past is hurtful, then the past is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I totally derailed you, and I never derailed my guests, because, all right, guys, um, little caveat, like, listen, a good friend. We're, uh, we're buddies in this field. Sorry, I derailed you. Back to who you are, tell our guests who you are. No Lissimba problem. Pink. So yes, my name's Lucimba Pink. I also have a podcast as well called Diversity All Stars, where I interview entrepreneurs every week. And I'm also an entrepreneur myself. Um, I also had a business abroad in Ghana. And um, I found myself back in nice grey London, um, <laughs> starting something new again. Like you had a business in Ghana. So are you from Ghana? Uh, no. So I'm originally from Jamaica. Okay. And, um, but I found born and bred, or okay, so I'm saying from Jamaica, but my parents were born there. Right. Um, I was born here. Um, Where I was born in central Middlesex. I don't know why it's taking me long to think about that. Yeah, yeah. central Middlesex. <laughs> yeah. Anyone listening from there? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my okay. Name. So you're born there. Like, may I ask about your background? Like, when I say yeah, your background, sure. family orientation, okay, so there's me and my brother. Um, both my parents, uh, they are together. Right. Um, they're not married right. at the moment, but yeah, I guess I've had both my parents around me, and um, they're big influence in helping me shape the man you are today. Yeah, are they definitely. are they entrepreneurial themselves? And what is an entrepreneur? Yeah, uh, let's start with them. Are they entrepreneurial? My dad, no, but your mum's entrepreneurial. Yeah, she's 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 entrepreneurial. She had like she had a business okay. um, which is called Busy Bee. Busy bee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the name. <laughs> I love the name. And um, basically, so what it was, it was um, it helped find nurses and carers for people that needed that at home. And um, unfortunately, I don't know the full reason, but I just know that like due to some financial trouble, the business collapsed. Oh, really? But I think it was uh, a thing. It was too much for her to, to handle by herself. Right. It's unfortunate that she didn't start this now because, like, I could help her. Like, you know, let's just make Does that play in your mind. Yeah, that... I, you know, if I had perhaps been just even if I'd been a, a teenager at right. the time, I could have helped her like kill with that business. Do you right. know what I mean? But being a child at that time, it wasn't is not in my control, not something no, I understood. No, I get that, I get that because I'm just quite curious to know how much of that influence of your parents made you the man that we sit today. Is there like any stories you can tell? Um, so when I say that, like, my, my parents are a great part of who I am today, mm. I think that comes from their confidence in me. Okay. They don't trouble me. If I tell them, this is what I want to do, this is what I'm going to go and do, like, they, they believe that I'm, you know, I'm going to do it, you yeah. know, and... Um, they a good sign of any parent. They should believe in their child. Yeah, but they never question me with doubt i never hear doubt in their voice of like am i going to achieve something and what they do is they give me the, the freedom to fail and i think that's a big part of it 
I, I personally don't know. What the hell's an entrepreneur? Mm. Define it first, please. Um, I guess an entrepreneur is somebody that won't stop at anything to reach their goal. That's that's how I defined it. Um, okay. And I think that it's somebody that wants to reach their goal, and they they create an environment for them to win. I know many a people personally within my network, right, who they're in corporate positions where there's a rung for you to get into board level and they won't stop at anything. They will bulldoze their way. They will step over people to get their positions. So Mm -hmm. in my head, I wouldn't personally call them an entrepreneur, but based off your definition, they are. I think somebody that has the framework of corporate world or work, I don't think they're entrepreneur. Okay. And I think when I say like create the environment for them to win, they're in control of their environment. While they're taking the steps towards working towards joining the board or anything like that, at any point in time, they're vulnerable of like, you know what, you're sacked today. Right. You know? Okay. So they're not their own boss. For Basically. one of the better words, say it. Yeah. So okay. I think that you have- Dash, got to be your own boss. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I think it comes down to as well being prepared- to take the risk hmm. unless you're prepared to take that risk you're not an entrepreneur interesting so let's talk about your risk taking and how sure. and what entrepreneurial endeavors you've gone through before we really finally start talking about the podcast and yeah, the yeah, steps yeah. in building that but entrepreneurial steps i'm sure you had many many businesses that probably grew and decreased grew and decreased before sure you know in telly pink came to fruition so do you mind taking yeah, us through yeah, these yeah. If, so, you, if you remember all of them <laughs> i um i'll 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 um try and remember a few um my dad always reminds me actually that one time we went to carnival and they were handing out whistles and stuff so my dad always reminds me that i took a whole bunch of whistles because they were handing them out for free i put them on my arm and i was walking around and said yeah whistles one pound one pound one pound i didn't actually sell any okay but my dad always, like, he says he, he saw something in me of, like, trying to make money. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Like, any any way that I can, like, make money, um, I was always about. Um, I guess the most earliest um, thing that I tried is I tried to make a, a search engine or a search directory. Oh, um, interesting. This is before the days of Google. Right. Um, yeah. For those, I guess, old enough to remember... Yeah. This is the days of when Yahoo was big. The dial-up. Yeah, dial-up. Yeah, for um, sure. This was days of Hotbot, Lycos, Excite, um, all the web. Like, right, I, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how you So you tried to build a search directory? Yeah, basically. How? Like, so, did you have the tech inside so knowledge? Basically, I anything to do with, like, websites and stuff, I taught myself. Right, gotcha. And, um, but it wasn't YouTube in those days, neither. I don't think so. I I I don't think so. No. Um, but I remember there was loads of little little websites with like code or like a buy a book which might tell you how to 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 code things in HTML. Okay. Um, there there was a website where basically I could get if you call it the back end, yeah. and then I could put the the facial of it if you like. So I build the website and then I had some CGI back end that would manage the actual search functionality of the directory. The actual technology behind it or the coding was in CGI, uh, but I didn't need to learn CGI. I never learned CGI. I just learned how to manipulate the code to do what I wanted to. Right. So, and then my, my friend at the time, he also tried one. So that was a, a guy called Adam King that I went to school with. 
and shout out <laughs> yeah shout out to adam i don't know are, are you friends <laughs> still uh, facebook friends okay cool. if you like um so he had his website which was called speed city and i had my website which was called ice fruit ice fruit ice fruit yeah okay so and then yeah and literally the directory was it was building you know people were submitting their websites i was adding people to the website um for free yeah, I was adding them to the free. The idea was, you know, just to build as, as big a directory I, I could get. You know, it was growing. Um, never got to the point in time where, where I monetized it. Then Google came along and, you know, just stamped all over everything, <laughs> you know, and that's where, that's, that's, that's where I wrapped, wrapped up Ice Fruit. Um, right. And it became no more. Okay. Um, and I guess with Ice Fruit, I remember like part of my ambition, my friend always reminds me of, and it's still one of my, ambitions today is that i want to create a huge tower huge tower a like huge a brick tower and mortar block. store okay. yeah not store this no, is no, no. my residential this is going to be a mixture of residential commercial maybe with a hotel in there some restaurants and stuff okay. um and it's going to be ice fruit tower okay um i you just kind of like just imagine the wayne tower Batman, <laughs> Wayne Tower, you know something uh, yeah, similar yeah. to maybe what Trump Towers do. Like, like wow, we brought huge... Trump in. Okay, yeah, wow. um, you know, but this is um, the idea. Recently, expanded to you know, I want one of these towers in like you know most international, not like most yeah popular cities around the world and stuff. Um, but ice you know, fruit towers, ice fruit towers. Okay, you heard it here coming. first, guys. There you go. There you go. Um, so is that literally? Is that the dream? Yeah, I mean, say when I said my friend reminded me, it's like at the time I was like I was big on it. Like I was big like this search engine or search directory is going to be a huge thing, yeah. and I want like a huge tower, and um, it's a goal I had. Uh, I've not realized it yet, and yeah, I, I will build my my tower block. So that was your first venture into the yeah. world of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Do you know, I'm really excited about this sure. Ghana story. Yeah, like yeah. How, how that transpired, but hit me. Was there anything before that? Um, I guess there's perhaps one more notable thing that I, I tried to do. Right. Um, so I tried to launch a magazine. Okay. And... On what? It was, um, it was called Manga Pulp. Manga Pulp? Yeah. Okay. So it was basically in... Japan, um, they consume a lot of manga, um, and I guess for for anybody that doesn't know, manga is almost like their version of comics, yeah, so to speak. Um, so I, you know, read a lot of manga. I watch a lot of anime, which is the animated version of manga and yep. stuff. And in Japan, they consume a lot of this like daily. Like there's there's so much manga, and they have these thick magazines. They look like yellow pages, I guess. For the youngers these days don't know what yeah, yellow pages yeah, 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 yeah. is it's like a, a thick thick book you know um with really thin pages uh it's probably what about two inches thick or so it's in yellow pages yeah 100 yeah, like percent. yeah i mean it's it's the old school version of a directory so you find any local trade yeah you just go in there it's a list format index like from a to z yeah but it's huge yeah yeah so they have these big books like that full of manga but what's interesting about them is that it mixed like popular culture um, in with the manga. So like yeah. you might have pretty girls in there. Uh, you might have stuff about lifestyle and stuff. And then so these are the days of in the UK where lads mags 
were big. Right. So that was like Zoo and, and Nuts. FHM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, FHM, Maxim, you yeah. know, it'd all be about like guy stuff, you know, topless girls, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, this works in Asia or works in Japan. Why not bring this idea to the UK? Right. Because I know loads of guys that be like into manga and stuff and like, like Nuts magazine and, and Zoo magazine were going off the chain at the moment. Why not combine them and make a magazine? Right, okay. So um, this is the days before like Kickstarter and, and Indiegogo and stuff. So get money. Yeah. Know, right. Okay. So crowdfund. Basically. Right. So I was like, I didn't have the money to do this. Um, I, I didn't have the expertise, didn't know nothing about the magazine industry. But I was like, I am making a magazine. Okay. I am going to put this out. And I remember my, my uncle who used to own a news agent. So he, he knew a bit about how, um, I guess, magazines are sold. Mm. Um, then he went to go work for a magazine, so he knew the back end. Um, so I sat down with him to try and, you know, understand, like, how the business works. And uh, I remember, like, he looked at me for an instant, like, it's like crazy. Like, you know what it takes to go in and do a magazine? I was like, I'm going to do it, like, straight face. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he saw the seriousness in me. And then, yeah, he, he basically explained what I need to do. And then I, I set about work, right. you know. Um, did you get uh, did you get anything published? Did, no. Okay. But what were the what were the hangups? How comes? So basically, like I had the first edition done, okay. you know. So I managed to get manga. I I had at that point in time the second largest distrib- distributor of manga outside of the J- Japan. Um, giving me material to feature in my manga uh, magazine. Um, I had models uh, that I'd done photo shoots with. You took so, the pictures yourself? No, no, no. I had, I had, I had photographers. Right. Okay. So They'd you, taken the pictures. You pulling in your network. Um, funny enough, at this time, at no network. Okay. This was pure outreach. Right. Emails, phone calls. Emails, phone calls, um, doing meetups with people, just sharing my vision, people coming on board, like, and just making like strategic alliances and and partnerships with people brought this together. Right. You know, so photographers that were on board had the models there, um, had a graphic designer who designed the whole thing. I had like. And you just sold them on your vision? They didn't, you didn't pay them. Amazing. So, okay. So for, for some of the, I guess, the key people, what I did to get them on board is I did um, a profit share scheme. Right. So the intention was, we'll come on board, we're going to create this thing, and when it's out there, we're going to share the profits to, together. And, you know, I guess they, they believed in my commitment, um, and, you know, they were, they were fully on board. Amazing. Um, yeah, I even had artists in, in, in China um, creating me some artwork. I had some other artists that supplied me manga from the, from the States and stuff. I had people writing me content. It, I had a full edition guys, ready you, to go. You guys can't see La Simba right now, but my <laughs> man is practically bouncing off his chair. It seems like he's still very passionate about this. Yeah, no, like, um, I, I guess I'm passionate about it. Maybe I'm jumping around here, but no, I, no, I feel it's that, all, It's like, awesome. Like, it's like, it's palpable. I'm, I'm just, there's a wave of just like, when you're talking about it. Yeah, because I feel that like, if I had a Kickstarter yeah. or Indiegogo now, like, this thing could have really exploded. Right. So I didn't launch it for financial reasons. Gotcha. Um, so basically, like, everything was done, um, ready to go. And then I started to negotiate with the printers right. and the actual shops that were going to stock this stop magazine. This, yeah. 
And then I started to realize this is the first time I learned about cash flow. So basically, I forgot exactly how many copies I was going to print, but I remember the spend for the first run was going to be about 5,000. Right. And then I found out that once I print this 5,000, I then give it to the shops to distribute or to sell. Yeah. So that was, let's say that's the end of month one. I give these magazines to the, the shop. The shop now have 30 days to sell it. So I come back to, to the end of, at the end of month two, if you like, um, to collect my money. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, which... However, they have 30 days to sell it. They now have another 30 days of credit. Not credit. Well, 30 days to pay, payment terms. Right. At this point in time, I have to give them issue two. Yes. So I'm now giving the printer another 5,000. Yeah. Uh, because I was new at this point in time, because I had no history with the printer, I couldn't have got the same terms with the printer in terms of credit because I had no back history with them. Yeah. So then at the end of that 30 days, when I go to collect my money from the shop, so we're now month three, if that shop is late or they don't pay me or anything like that, I don't have to chase up that money. Mm. However, said printer now wants another 5,000. Yeah. Month three, yeah. Month three. I decided at that point in time it was too big a risk. Right. So that's why I decided that if anything goes wrong in that chain, you know, I'm messed up. So unfortunately, I, I decided, you know, to call it off because of the, the financial risk at the time. I did not have the dis- disposable income, well, even to, to or the investment it, yeah. to sustain it for as long as it needed to before it picked up. Yeah, yeah I, that, that's why I, I, you know, I wish I had like GoDaddy or Indiegogo. At the time, I had like people that were really passionate about the magazine that weren't involved in the project but they were in forums and stuff and that excited about seeing this right. and um you know now we have platforms that allow you to touch base with with fans and they can get involved in helping you realize that your dream in order to to help them so jeez and that was the one prior to Ghana. jeez how many hacks do you <laughs> that was the one i guess most notable there's all you know schemes that you do and stuff but that was i guess the the biggest thing i did in terms of having people involved right gotcha um and then yeah so then then after that um you know i had a I had a good friend my closest friend you know he invited me out to to ghana um, what, how old what yeah Sorry, i'm just thinking um, about your timeline this is how old was this this was probably around oh seven oh a maybe I can't. I'd be lying if I knew the exact no, year. No worries, no worries. Um, but we 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 went out there. I think one Christmas, you know, just pleasure. There was no business. No, 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 no. Aspect behind no, that. It okay. was just it was just pleasure, just having fun and stuff. And um, you know, seeing Ghana at that time, you could see how it looked like London minus fifty, sixty years. Okay. So. I don't know what that means. So, I just went, okay. And I went, actually, wait a minute. Let's listen and get away with that. So, what I meant by that is that it's like, it was like looking at a major city back in time. Okay. So, there were certain things where it lacked certain infrastructure. Right, gotcha. Okay. But you knew that it was coming. And you could see that, okay, whoever um, implements said infrastructure there's a huge opportunity for them. 
right so to speak but i think at that time it was it was just a just a holiday and you know um check it out just enjoying yourself yeah yeah if i remember correctly my friend might correct me on this but i think we went out there maybe a year later but um then we saw like how quick things were moving right you know what i mean and like the rate of yeah progress and stuff and like the huge opportunities and you know within three months packed bags moved Gone wow. to Ghana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like because you just felt you needed to be in and amongst a developing um, like landscape. I mean, like what were you? What were you like three <laughs> months, like it just packed bags and went. Like basically, <laughs> who does um, this? <laughs> you know what it was? It was like literally look. Um, I'd seen like um, the opportunity pass me by once. What opportunity though? Just like seeing a country develop right. and being like, rah, if I had been stuck in this um state my claim in any shape or form in any form of business and being able to grow with the country at the time um i can't remember exactly what it was but ghana was recognized at that time for the fastest growing econ- economy in africa right gotcha yeah um and it made me think that look i'm not sleeping or resting on my laurels like that's this is where i need to be like i need to make uh, a decision you know uh, um and just just go for it that takes a certain type of mind frame every country and every city and every town village i mean they'll all be at certain pace but they're always developing so i get it i get what you're saying like you yeah. know you know ghana was seen particularly as one of the fastest developing countries within africa so you felt okay well i need to be there but you don't know specifically what you were going to do whilst you were there but you just felt you needed to be there so the the plan was always to do like um property right yeah. okay um that was like one of the, the the key things that i see there um because at the time management building when you say property to build okay. build property because at the time there when you paid for rent you paid a year in advance okay um even when I, I i left it was you know still a year in advance so the opportunity to build something and then rent it out and then you're collecting a year in advance for for a towel block if you like that's good money then right. you can you know forget about it for a year and then you come knocking again in a year for my rent that's so fascinating like i'm only saying that because i'm putting myself in your in your shoes or your position and mm. just thinking Ade, would you ever do that i wouldn't know where to even begin or how to start but i guess you just have to be there to figure it out because it, like what expertise did you have to build buildings no towers yeah i had none zero expertise you don't necessarily have to know how to do it because the knowledge is out there it's just execution you know what i mean yeah. like now we're in a time of like there's there's youtube there's books there's people you can speak to it's just are you prepared to figure it out yeah you know um you know i look at musk musk is like he's playing Elon. Yes. Right. Yeah, Elon Musk. Sorry. Just the way you say it, it's like your bros, you know what I mean? Like you guys are buddies. <laughs> just I'm going to call Musk right now. He's going to come down and copy. Yeah, Elon but Musk. But he's doing phenomenal things. Like he went from like um, software as a service businesses to doing, sending stuff. He wants to send something to Mars. Like how how yeah. big of a transition is that? I mean, I think he wants to also connect our brains to computers, doesn't he? wants it? to connect our brains to computers. He's doing like um, self-driving cars. He's doing like um, a tunneling machine. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, did he know how to build spaceships before he started? No. Yeah, I hear you. He figured so, it out. For sure. I like it. The concept or the, the, the story behind it is figuring it out. Yeah. But what happened then in Ghana? Oof. Um, a lot happened in Ghana. <laughs> a lot happened in Ghana. Um, I think Ghana gave me my, my, my biggest life lessons. Okay. Care to share? Yeah. So, 
I went up there, I guess, with my, my closest friend and um, his father had a, a hotel out there. There was a restaurant um, within the, the hotel and so on. Um, the restaurant perhaps wasn't doing too well at the time. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And, you know, me and my friend got to manage it. Right. Um, just off the bat, manage it and implement our strategies. Like we had free reign just to do what we want. Right. Like literally, it's a business within the business, but we had the safety net, and that's where I guess I first learned my first bits of doing business abroad, I so to speak. And then from there, there was a a partnership formed. Um, we went into the the bar business. Okay. Um. I guess with that partnership at this point in time, there's only so much I can say, but it, it didn't work out too well. Um, there was also some partnerships with some some land as well, but um, again, it didn't go as well as expected because paperwork wasn't tight. Um, but yeah, there's. I'm just being honest. There's, there's only so much um, I can perhaps talk about that, but it meant you know losing a lot of money. My foray in business over there independently is um, at a restaurant over there, um, which was called Patty and Ting, um, which was a, a Caribbean restaurant. And again, you know, I, it was the same blueprint in that I never opened a restaurant independently before. Yeah, I had worked within the restaurant, within the hotel. But um, as I said earlier in this conversation, that's not representation of an entrepreneur. I didn't take the risk. You see what I mean? Right. Now it's me on my own, taking the risk by myself, you know, and opening this restaurant from scratch. Literally walking into an empty building, getting the builders to build this thing, uh, putting up the tiles, designing where I want everything, getting the kitchenware, training the cooks myself, figuring out the recipes, going and getting the, the, the food from suppliers, everything to do with that restaurant you right. know, I did by myself. How did you do that? So that went on for, I think it was about six months or so. I think it went on for. So I guess one of um, the big lessons I learned from doing business in, in Ghana, uh, I guess this will come apply to doing business anywhere 
abroad is you're exposed to currency. So basically, ingredients that I needed had to be imported. Even like chicken, it, was, it might sound strange, but like so many ingredients that maybe some other countries might have themselves uh, were imported. So we like. The chicken was imported, the spices were imported, the special type of flour that I needed for the patties was imported. So it meant that I was at the mercy of the currency. Yeah, I get that. And at the time the currency depreciated, um, if I remember right, from almost like three cities to a pound, to almost like seven cities to a pound in a matter of months. I'd get stock chicken, if you like. And by the time I, I sold my jerk chicken, the cost to buy new jerk chicken was less than the profit I had just made. Yeah, the margins weren't great. Yeah, and this went on for months and months and months. You know, staff needed to be paid. Um, I had like, I had to pay for other licenses and stuff. And it was like, like it wasn't working. Like I was always in a deficit every month. So at the time I thought, you know, pounds are doing strong. You know, I'll come back to London, earn some pounds because I have that opportunity uh, or had the capability to do so because I, I could leave, I had the passport to leave. Yeah. Came back, made some pounds, um, so I started working, um, send over some money and stuff to, to try and top up the business in the interim while I had a supervisor looking after the business. But my, no money was going in the bank account, you know, and I, I quickly learned my supervisor was selling, you know, fan ice or fan milk, which is like the, the local ice cream there, selling like phone credit. Like it was it was her own little shop within right. the shop. Right. Um, I wasn't getting no money out of it. And yeah, I was just basically sending money into a black hole. I would say that with, with Ghana, you have to be on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, you know, um, people were thinking about what can I take from the business? And yeah, unfortunately it was a black hole. So I had to, I had to wrap up shop. And sadly, yeah, I've not been to Ghana since. I oh, gotcha. So your venture right now, as we stand, or rather as we sit, you own a podcast. Yes. What is IntelliPink? Yeah, so IntelliPink is um, an umbrella um, for a series of initiatives that allow me to help other aspiring entrepreneurs in the goals that they want to achieve. And also as well, it's for me to document the journey of entrepreneurship, um, not just for myself, uh, for other people in terms of like what it takes to actually do a business and make it succeed. Right. So, okay. Why? Um, I guess it goes back to, it's what I enjoy. Okay. You know, I spent a long time trying to figure out what is it that I enjoy. And I realized that through everything that I've tried, the most common theme that I have is like, I enjoy starting new businesses. For me as well, to just being transparent, it's from a selfish angle to figure it out, to figure out what it is I'm doing next. Okay, interesting. So IntelliPink, what is it sort of um, products? You've got two podcasts, am I right in saying that? Let's call it 1.5. <laughs> so I have one at the moment. Yeah. Diversity All-Star. Right. So that's where I interview you know, new entrepreneurs every week. You know, and I, I'm quite mindful in doing that podcast that I do perhaps speak to entrepreneurs of all backgrounds, you know, because that's important for me to share their, their journeys. Yeah. So to but speak. you call it diversity. Yes. So are there people of colour or have you got people who aren't of colour? There's something to learn from people from all backgrounds and everybody from all backgrounds has something to share 
and they have the right to be heard. Yeah. You know, um, I guess at this point in time, I'm guilty of perhaps speaking to 99.9% black entrepreneurs. I say 99.9 because I've just interviewed somebody from an Asian background, but I am reaching out and I do have plans to speak to people from more diverse backgrounds. What's and this point five? This so the point five is um, I'm working on a second podcast. Um, I've got a couple edited. Um, haven't relaunched it yet. I do plan to launch it this week. Okay. And that's called um, Blog Talk DJ. Blog Talk DJ. Yes. Wow, you and your name. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't making it easy. So, Blog Talk DJ. Okay. Yeah. So basically with this podcast, it's more around online marketing and growth hacks that people have used to grow their businesses online. Okay. And the, the reason why it's called Blog Talk DJ is I'm just reading blog posts. Oh, okay. So I'm taking blog posts and sharing them or introducing them to a new audience that might not come across them. Right, gotcha. Um, Do you credit? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So for the show notes for every episode, I will link back to the original blog post. I gotcha. Yeah, because there's, there's loads of bloggers out there that got some you know phenomenal articles if you like or blog posts and um they need to be shared right so i I guess let's speak about podcasts yeah since we're on a podcast right now my one (laughs) how do you do it how do i record yeah not even just record let's start from the birth Mm. and how you've got it to this stage now so diversity all stars yeah we understand that you are getting in touch with entrepreneurs from a diverse background yeah for them to teach exactly how it is they've done what they do because yeah. that echoes exactly what black Ticulate does right yeah we're we're brothers in arms here sure, and i always sure. say that to you don't i mm. and that's why i love your podcast so guys honestly if you've never heard of diversity all stars please check it out my brother is killing it he's smashing it he's got phenomenal people but also he's got really really actionable takeaways Mm-hmm. so please do check it out guys please check it out um thank you thank no, you no 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 it's all blessed man do you know what i mean because credit where credit due how do you go about your process how do you go about recording how do you go about booking talent and how do you go about marketing and promoting cool um so, so to start with the first one recording yes the first piece of kit that i bought is the zoom h4n which is a recorder, which um, I see you kindly have here today. I so. do, I do, sir. A nice piece of kit. Um, so I use my Zoom H4N. It allows me to take it on the road. It's quite portable. Um, or if I have to re- do a recording with someone over the internet, i.e. Skype or WhatsApp calling or a telephone call, it allows me to just plug that in as well. Neat trick about it as well. It allows me to split the tracks. Um, so perhaps if I'm doing Skype calls and so on, I can have the audio for the guest and the audio for myself as well, uh, which is neat in case I stutter and I want to re-record what I said, I, I can do that and yeah. post-edit and stuff. And um, yeah, it just gives you a bit more variety yeah. and options. So recorder, um, digital recorder, H4N Zoom. And then regarding like, I have issues with noise. Yeah. I really do. Like for me, it's one of my bugbears. And unfortunately, I always go to where, I say unfortunately, I want to make my guests feel as comfortable as possible. So I try and go to them as, you know, as yeah, often yeah, as yeah. I can. But then that tends to actually mean we meet in a cafe, which is noisy and it's not yeah, yeah. a controlled environment. Yeah. So how do you, how do you overcome that? So in, in terms of like where I've done my, my previous recordings, outside of obviously the Skype and internet where I do that at home, 
I've met people at the National Theatre, which you kindly introduced me to. <laughs> which we are we're here today doing a recording. Yeah, this is great. You come here first thing in the morning. You can normally find a nice little quieter spot. Security guards don't normally trouble you. No, you know. So um, yeah, this is a, a great little hangout if you like. But ideally, you'd want to be in a studio. Um, I've never done one in the studio. Right. Never done one in the studio. I've gone to people a few times to done. I've done like meeting offices a few times. You know, at, at, at a later state point in time, perhaps I would like to. I forgot what you call it. Where you're a member of these offices. I think it's called shed, shed offices or something. Yeah, co-working spaces. Yeah, where I can get access to meeting rooms and perhaps use that. Because I, I recently did um, an interview with Linda Mbagu, which Hugh also kind of into- yeah, introduced me to. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Yeah, so she um, is a member of Level 8, which I believe is in East London. Right. And uh, we, we met there in a meeting room, nice and quiet. You know, so I almost wanted to go along maybe the similar path. But with that kind of thing, I almost want the, the business to pay for itself. Yeah. Because that can kind of get quite expensive after a while. For sure. Which is why I've also launched Patreon. So yes, speak more about that. Yeah, so so Patreon is a way for them to contribute to ideas or, or things that people are doing that they love. Right. Okay. So if you're an artist, you're making music, you want them to make more music, sign up to the Patreon. And basically you make monthly contributions and they can give you more potentially Patreon-exclusive followers is that a noun or is that an actual like software or what what is that like i've never come across i know patronage but i've never known patreon so but i get it i mean you know i i don't know if it's a noun or not but i know they have the website and um i mean you just plugged it into your site yes gotcha basically and Um, then the back end what paypal and what cut do they take if any i've got nobody signed up in the moment oh what (laughs) guys you need to sort this out (laughs) I have, I, you need to push this. Do you push this? Um, no, I'm not pushing it at the moment. Then, of course, then if no one knows about it, then you know I've mentioned it in um a couple um episodes. I'm not I'm not pushed it. The re- the reason why I perhaps not pushed it too much yet is um I'm a great believer in value first. You know what I mean? Okay. So I almost want to get to the point where I'm giving so much value. You know, I'm borrowing this line from somebody else I that, that I I will guilt people into becoming patrons. Right, gotcha. So, at the moment, I I do believe I'm I'm providing good value. Well, it's actually funny you say that because I know you categorically are providing value because there have been a plethora of people spoken to me about you and your podcast and just said how amazing it is. You can actually give a shout out. I mean, I'm sure you have got actually a mutual friend of ours who always helps promote our stuff. Yes, um, Masunde at Black Pen Writer. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. She, amazing shout out to her. Um, she has been like, she's just a star. And like, you know what, what I mean? about also like Berry from Podcast of Color? She's doing amazing yeah, work. Like, you know, her, her stuff is phenomenal. I say her stuff basically, guys. Um, if you check out Podcast of Color, spelled the American way, color because <laughs> she's American. It is a index. It's a directory mm-hmm. of people of color podcasts. She does a lot of things within helping build our community so 100% shout out to them and um, they're doing phenomenal work and one thing that they get is like value first 
Yeah, love to know. So you guilt them into being the patron. Okay, cool. Yeah. So when it starts making money in itself, then you can start investing in potentially having membership in these exclusive clubs where you have access to meet and room, say for instance. So because there is one person that did tell me something interesting who you actually introduced me to, Toby. Okay, cool. He said, be part of the IOD. Okay. Right? Um, Institute of Directors. Because yeah. what they do is they give you discounts on a lot of events, which is, you know, people who are building, starting up their business. And there's just a plethora of resources on their site to help you grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But furthermore, they have so many buildings in London. Yeah. That you potentially can just take a guest, right? In oh, there, really? And there'll be quiet spots. Okay, okay. So look into that. For the year, membership is only £99. Yeah, yeah. So I signed myself up um, because, yeah, that's a bugbear of mine, sound. Yeah, it is, it is quite annoying when um, you set up shop, um, you're ready to go, and then someone comes, sits right next to you and they start, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you like know, case of point. Basically, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we do try, guys. So <laughs> those of you who are listening, we try and make it excellent as much as possible. Sorry, I derailed you a little bit. You are going to say? So, in, in, interestingly, what I was planning to do, because, you know, I, although I'm doing podcasting, I did want to also segue into doing more YouTube as well, um, perhaps, you know, recording some of my podcast episodes and stuff. So, video content. Video content as well. And, um, you know, I was, you know, mentioning this to someone that, you know, I don't have somewhere where I could set up shop regularly and stuff. And then when they, uh, an idea that they suggested to me, which I think uh, is an amazing idea, I don't know why I didn't think of it, is literally just touch base with a, a local restaurant or something like that find out when they have downtime or they're closed so to speak but some restaurants close after lunch mm. maybe two o'clock so they may have a, a window in there where they're in there because they're preparing food and stuff but you can actually use their facilities and um do a partnership where you know you promote them kind of, kind of thing and um it's funny because i watched a video where I think Grime Daily did this um, when they were doing some cooking and then they partnered with the restaurant. And I don't know why it didn't come to me. Yeah. Uh, with that said, I reached out to a friend um, who I know is quite connected and was asking him like, oh, do you know anybody? And he was like, why are you doing it in a restaurant? Just come to my office. And I was like, well, okay. So Amazing. I've not been there yet to check it out. Plan to do that this week. Where, After this week, he based? he's based in London Fields, okay. a bit far from where I am. But, you know, if it's somewhere that I get guaranteed access to and set up regularly, then why not? Do you, would they, do you believe the guests are happy to come travel? Because that's my concern. I don't want to put them out their way. Um, I think I will give my guests options. options. You know, so the option that I will always go with is, from now, is that, you know, we can do this over Skype. Um, however, I feel that there's more energy and it's better to meet them in person. Yeah, 100%. If they don't want to do that, then they can come to London Fields. If they don't want to do that, then I'll come to them, so to speak. Um, but, you know, I've had some amazing interviews and I wouldn't say that the background noise spoiled it, but it could have just been that much better. Yeah. And so another tip I, I, I recommend to people is um, there's a website called, if I can pronounce it properly, Orphonic. Or how spelling that? I think, if I remember right, it's A-U-P-H-O... NIC. Okay. But if you Google it, it will definitely come up. Every podcast I do, I run it through that. Oh, okay. So it autos the levels. Then there's also an additional option where it can remove some background noise. Ah. So okay. everything that I do while I, because I edit my podcast. And it's free? No, you don't have to pay. Uh, I can't remember how much exactly I pay. It might be like 
ten pounds or fifteen pounds, something like that, a per month. A per, per month. Yeah. Okay. And you get so if you batch it, then it's value for money because you can run like maybe a hundred podcasts through it for that one month. So the way they or, organize it, um, maybe I should have come prepared with more info, but no, it's all good. You get X amount of minutes per month. Okay. And it resets every month. Right. So you can, as you're recording them, whack them in there. It will. And then we'll use some of your your minutes if you like, yeah. Okay. And then you know you you got them good to go next month and right. so on. Uh, and then I use that to remove some of the background noise. Now, so while it removed some of it, it didn't eat out or get out everything. Yeah. So sure. um, yeah, that's really 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 interesting. So how do you do when it comes down to booking talent? Because you've got a phenomenal roster of people you've interviewed. Sure. Like, do you do it yourself, or do you have someone that does it for All you? Myself. Um, you're one man band at the moment one aren't you? man band um, do you need, surely you need help hey, we'll get to that we'll get to that but yeah yeah um, I'm a one man band at the moment um, booking talent I literally just look out for anybody that I see that might be interesting to speak with I reach out to them um, so I look for their email okay so if they own a company I try not to send the email to the generic email mm-hmm. I try to find their actual email address yeah. if you google Email Hunter. I forgot what the website's called. But if you Google Email Hunter and you sign up, it's just free. They do have a free service. You put the, the company's email address in there, then it will either give you all the emails that you can find for that company or it will give you the naming convention. Yes. So whether that, that company does first initial, then surname, or it does first name, last name, it will give you the convention. Mm-hmm. So you can use that to try and send an email directly to the person that you need to. Perfect. Um, so I normally do that. Um, follow up. Yeah. Make sure you follow up whether it's three, four times, however long you need to, the person tells you, I am not interested. Right. Um, and even though most people are polite, you know, they're saying, oh, not now, because they don't want to burn bridges. And if they say not now, reach out again. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just you keep going until you get that interview. And um, a lot of people are quite appreciative. Like, it's funny. Someone I interviewed not too long ago, but I had been chasing him for five months. And by the time I actually met him, you know, from short emails, you might think by reading into it too much, think, oh, this person's abrupt. They're not really interested. But by the time you meet them, they're like, I'm glad, you know, you kept pursuing. Do you know what I mean? Because that person doesn't necessarily have the time to organize rescheduling dates. Yeah, for sure. No, I hear that. So when it comes down to you just pretty much Google anyone that you think is interesting and then yeah. you just reach out. Do you have any zingers? Do you throw in numbers, audience, like that initial email to try and get them on board? No, not at all. I literally just, you know, tell people what I'm trying to do, you know, and, and the truth is, you know, I'm trying to help people from, you know, diverse backgrounds that perhaps might not have the opportunity to listen to people that look like them, who are successful in business, hear their story and learn from them. And also as well, I feel that, um, you know, we're here in the UK, in London, a lot of content I consume is all from America. Yeah. You know what I mean? So It's funny that actually, because I was speaking to a friend literally just yesterday. And she was just going to say that the culture, the mentality between the UK versus the US is very different. 100%. The US is they would happily spend money on self-improvement. 100%. Whereupon the UK isn't about that. They'll spend money on frivolous, like just momentary fun. Right. Um, so on our final legs, uh, promotion to distribution, how do you do it? So promotion is um, perhaps one of my, my weak areas at the moment. Okay. I know exactly what to do in terms of what I need to be doing socially, whether it's using Instagram or Twitter and Snapchat and YouTube, um, blogging. I know exactly what to do, but not a purpose. 
Um, there's only so many hands that I have and so much time that I have to implement stuff. So what's worked very well at the moment for me is Twitter right. and promoting my podcast. On a weekly basis because your podcast is weekly. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's worked with me, you know, but I do have plans to extend more into the Instagram, um, into YouTube, but there's only so much I can do. Do you know what I mean? But, um, so you need help. 100% I need help. Which, which brings us to our final part. But I actually want to know, what is it that hey, you need from our audience? What is it? I yeah. need help with whether it's organization. Okay. Right. You know, um, so anything that will ease that process, whether it's doing the show notes, doing anything, the editing, or somebody that's perhaps well wanting to come on board to help me with YouTube, really want to start vlogging. Anybody that wants to get involved. I like that. What's the it for them? What do they, it depends what they want. Precisely. So they should come to you and then you just have that conversation. 100%. Because, you know, different people are motivated by different things. People want exposure. Some people want money. Most want money. People want uh, a slice of the pie um, when it... When it blows up. Blows up. It's really what happens to them. You know, it's funny. Like, one of my... my me and my friend giggle about this. But my, my most favourite book um, that I have is called The Little Red Hen. The Little Red Hen. Yeah, okay. it's um, because I think it's the book most true to life. Do you know The Little Red Hen? No, no. Can you, are you, in, are you in, able to give it justice? In very brief summary, um, it's about a hen that was on a farm and asked the, all the animals on the farm, like, who wants to help me go pick the wheat to go make bread? All the animals like, nah, pig said no, horse said no, like, everybody on the farm said no. Hen was like, cool. Hen went, picked the wheat, brought it back. Like, who will help me take this wheat to the mill to be ground into flour? Uh, I can't bother them long. No, everybody said no. Cool. So then the um, the hen took the, the wheat to the mill, ground it into flour. Then was like, came back, look, I've got this flour. Who will take me, help me take this flour to the baker to, to help me turn it into bread? Nah, you know, I, I can't be bothered. Pig said no, horse said no, rabbit said no. Everybody on the farm said no. So the hen went to the baker, took this flour there, and then turned it into bread. Brought back the bread. Who will help me eat the bread? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody wants to help eat the bread. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's just the story of life. But look, there's, a pe there's an opportunity for people that want to jump in early. I'm more than happy to help people come on board and then we can you know, break bread together. Excellent. So my penultimate question is, how would you like to be remembered? How would I like to be remembered? Um, I would like to be remembered as somebody that never gave up, somebody that kept on fighting, and somebody that helped the community. So how can people find you? Find me. Um, I'm on Twitter, which is Lysimba Pink. I'm on Snapchat. Which How are you spelling that? Lysimba Pink. I mean, it is going to go on the show notes, guys, obviously, as always. But... Um, L-I-S-I-M-B-A, and then pink is in the colour. Um, you can also find me at thesimbapink.com. Also, if you find everything to do with like the podcast and everything at intellipink.com. Um, so that's I-N-T-E-L-L-I-P-I-N-K.com. You definitely have to get Lysimba back on for part twos because so much we can extract from you. Sure. But uh, no, thanks very much for coming. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Hey guys. We would love to know what your thoughts are, what you think about the episode. So please do leave us a comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. 
And if you are somebody who does what our guest does, and there were things that we didn't cover, or perhaps you might have a different perspective on how to get into the industry, how to sustain it, how to thrive in it, how to kill it, then please get in touch too. Now, how do you get in touch? Well, you can reach us via email on contact at blackticulate.com or any of the major social media platforms. It is simply Blackticulate. So we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, SoundCloud. Give us feedback, help us grow, help us be accountable to you. So the quality is always better, better, better. You guys are the best. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you in another episode of Black Ticulate. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.